you know what I could, what I observed watching Patty's team play the last few years is uh, the amount of joy they get playing. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing that way, that, 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 you're not getting tight. And even though there's been some you know, tight game or maybe late in the game, you know, whatever inning and, you know, it's still 0-0. Zero, zero. There's been some of those, right? There's been 1-1. One, one. We've been in some close ones. And then, boom, somebody jacks a home run or, you know, breaks loose. But I, in my opinion, you know, they're playing. They're so excited and, and having so much fun playing that that keeps you from getting tight or worrying about it. You know, worrying, worrying about you know losing. They, they, they don't, they don't have that dream. They don't worry about it. They just, they just enjoy playing that much. Coach Stoops, there talking about uh, Patty Gas on that softball team chasing that uh, all-time winning streak number. Um, it's coming up pretty quick. They're coming up on it, and four away from tying it is the number, right? Asked him, you know, what advice, if any, he would give, um, and what do you do as a coach in that situation? And it essentially, said he's not even worried about it for them because right now they're playing loose, they're playing confident, they're playing free, they're having fun. Right? Whenever those things be- become a problem, is whenever. A team starts to think about it and get really tight, and that's just not their style. It's not how they play, so he's uh, he's not too concerned. Uh, I don't know what your confidence level is of uh, OU winning the national championship. I guess we better figure that out today uh, before you get out of here. Would you feel any better or any worse if they weren't chasing the all-time winning streak at this point, like in, in terms of like them winning the title? Does that change your thought process at all about what's going to happen? Immaterial. Okay, that's doesn't kinda, matter. That's kind of that's that's where I am as well. Uh, if if they get the um, if they get the all time winning streak, I think they win the championship. If they don't get the all time winning streak, I think they win the championship. They're they're the number one seed. They're the favorite. They chasing a they, three-peat, too. Like there's some pressure, you know, seemingly that would go in with that as well. So chasing the yeah. three-peat. It's more than just but, the winning streak. You know, to me, as good as they are defensively. As solid as they are, one through nine in the order um, batting. And the big thing for me is the ability to make it through regionals, super regionals, and then the World Series with the rotation of three ace pitchers that is completely rare to have, have that ability. Like A team can get hot, has one pitcher that's really good, and the workload just becomes difficult, right? And, you know, who knows? Maybe teams get to see multiple, multiple at-bats from you. Right? The fact that they've got three pitchers that you would be comfortable starting any game is just – it's something that no one else has. Well, not only that, but OU has three aces who are fresh going into the going into the postseason. Yeah. That's right. And I – I don't know if that's the case for everyone because there's some schools out there that have one ace and have had to put that particular pitcher in the circle for a lot of innings this year. And I don't know how long that you lived around the state of Oklahoma, Teddy, but once we get into the month of June in the Women's College World Series, it gets pretty brutally hot most years at that place. So it's not just the innings. 
It's also the temperature outside, and when you can rotate pitchers from you know game to game like OU can, not only is it an advantage, I think it's the single biggest advantage that you could have at this time of the year. So, yeah, it's well, a big yeah. deal. It's a big deal. Uh, and, and not just, like, yeah, it can be really hot, but it can also, you get thunderstorms and games get canceled and games get delayed and, you know, schedules get changed and it, it just, it can throw a, a starting pitcher that has to throw every game into into just a, a tailspin and, you know. And I, I would also say that a lot of, and again, this is just me, the, uh, um, the view from afar, like I just a casual observer. Like usually, if you got an ace pitcher, you're starting your ace pitcher no matter who you're playing, right? This is what you get. But they've got three pitchers that have different strengths and weaknesses that they can tailor fit to a given lineup. Like you know, one pitcher may have better stuff that they feel like a. a specific pitch that's better against a certain lineup like most people don't have that availability to change on the fly given who your opponent might be yeah they can also bring in probably their best pitcher right now let's say let's say Jordy Ball starts game one right and she probably throws a three hit shutout you bring in Nicole May the next day and she gets through six innings only allows one run at the most if not zero and then Jordy Ball, who you pitched yesterday, is able to come back and close the second game and pitch at a very high level in that scenario, okay? And then the next day you yeah. have a fresh Alex Straco who has a sub-1 ERA. I mean, I, I really, like, I, I, it's the single biggest advantage, I think, this time of the year. OU has it. All that to say they're in a very good spot right now. Does not guarantee right. a national championship, but OU's in as good of a spot as we could have hoped. So you're, you're out the next two weeks, okay? So, OU Hofstra, 4 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN in the Norman Regional. Mizzou and Cal are both on the other side. Um, when you get back on Tuesday after Memorial Day, will OU be in the Women's College World Series? Yeah. Hard to say uh, no to that at this given moment. I, I will say right now that if they're not, uh, and I'm not saying they win every game. Okay, I'm not. I'm not like I think they do. I think they do, but I would be. I would be shocked if they don't make the the World Series. It'd be one of the more surprising developments around here, um, for sure. Since uh, a former head coach left on on a random Sunday. Yeah, I don't even know what the equivalent of that would be if they were to miss the World Series. Well, let's not even think about it. How about that? Text line, Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line, OU staff is the 90s Braves. Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz pick your poison from a Cardinal fan. I love that comparison. However, as a Braves fan, I can say this. That's where the comparison stops because, well, OU softball actually has won multiple championships, and the Braves didn't do that in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually maybe not a good uh, – How good the three starters are. Like, all of, all yes. three of those are Hall of Famers. Like, that's the compare. Like, yeah, I, I get that part. But it's to the pitching staff, not the not the Braves right. and themselves and their postseason success, unfortunately. 918, how do you think the XFL champ would do in the SEC or even in the, in the Big 12? Will his brother has fared uh, pretty well in the SEC at Kentucky. And one of his mentors – 
fared very well at South Carolina. Two jobs that are not thought of as top five gigs in the SEC. That doesn't necessarily mean Bob would succeed, but Steve Spurrier did it. His brother did it. I feel like Bob Stoops. Like Bob Stoops brings consistency. He would bring that to whatever school he was at there. Well, He'd figure I, it took, out. I took the question as how would the actual team that won the XFL championship oh. – well, I just, call, would, I just call Bob the XFL champ now, so you may be yeah. right about that. How would that specific team fare in the SEC? And I'll tell you right now, way better than anyone imagines. Would Luis Perez be the best quarterback in the SEC? He'd be the best bowler in the SEC. Would he be the best quarterback? No. But I'm – like the thought, I know a lot of people are uh, laughing at it. You would be you would be shocked at how good they would do. E, I, I mean, I wouldn't be that shocked, especially with the way that they were playing towards the tail end of the year. Yeah, they may be able to beat the Jets next year. <laughs> the way that they were playing. Yeah, well, I, you you talking about a duel between Perez and Aaron Rodgers right now? Who you got? Um, well, Perez is way less moody, you know, and <laughs> if it's a big game and it depends on when they're playing, Teddy, if it's September or October, Rogers is going to throw up crazy stats, but if it's a playoff game in the cold, he's going to throw for about 120 yards. Who will have the longer hair by kickoff? I don't know if it's like if Luis Perez started growing out his hair now, I don't think it's possible to catch up to Aaron Rodgers. I, doesn't he already have long hair? Yeah, but is Roger's hair still longer than Luis Perez? Uh, perhaps. Supposedly, um, I, ayahuasca and other like um, LSD it makes your hair grow faster, Tyler. That's Apparently, yes, it does. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the poster child. That's for right. That. Arlington That's right. would go five hundred in the SEC. Uh, Bob won a natty in SEC rings at Florida's D.C., says Jim and Arlington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arlington yep. would be the best team in the state of Texas. How about that? I'm, I'm comfortable with going there. <laughs> yes. The, are they already? They are. Including the Texans and the uh, again, Cowboys. Again, much like the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, depends on when you play the Cowboys. September or October, <laughs> it's anyone's game. If it's in January, the edge to me is to the Arlington Renegades. There you go. You cannot argue with postseason success, right? We cannot argue. Bagged on two of my favorite teams this segment. How how fun how fun is that? Uh, on three has their top one hundred players out. Oh, oh yeah. really? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like to guess how many top one hundred players on three thinks OU has? Yeah, I would. Dylan Gabriel's a top 100 player. Um, now, is this your opinion or what you think on three has? This is what I think on three has. Okay. Is that how you want me to answer it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You sure? Um, Gabriel is a top 100 player. Rame is a top 100 player. Oh, uh, man. Stutzman is a top 100 player, and that is it. So OU has three top 100 players, is Teddy's guess. On yeah. Gabriel, you are wrong. On Rain, you are wrong. On Stutzman, you are wrong. Dang. OU has zero top 100 players 
according to on three. Zero on the list. No one Man. to be found. Uh, That's shocking that that Dylan Gabriel isn't. Well, yeah, I mean, when you consider that Quinn Ewers is in the top 75, I, I would say that, yes, it's it's a little bit surprising. Well, I haven't seen their list, but I'm guessing it's mainly made up of quarterbacks and wide receivers, so it stands to reason that. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of skill players on there, like skill players and edge players. Yeah, I, Texas has – one, two, three, four. Texas has four in the top 100. A.D. Mitchell, the Georgia transfer at 96. Quinn Ewers at 75, LOL there. Kelvin Banks at 51. And then Xavier Worthy is the highest-ranked Big 12 player on the list, coming in at number 21, just outside the top 20. Well, Xavier Worthy ain't the best player in the Big 12. I, I don't know if on three needs to hear that from me or from someone else, but – He's not well, the best player in the conference. I'll just tell you right now. If I had one draft pick off of Texas' football team, I wouldn't take any of those guys. I'd take the tight end. Yeah, Jatavian Sanders? For sure, yeah. man. How How is he not on that list? I'm scrolling through again to make sure that I didn't just miss it, and I am – I'm not seeing it, dude. Yeah, that would be my uh, – who's the kid from Georgia? Uh, you talking about Brock Bowers? The, the tight no, no, end? No, 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 the, the transfer oh, from Georgia Oh, A.D. Mitchell, he, um, he was at 86, sorry. What did I say, 96? He's at 86. He's the guy that he's played in like four playoff games and he's caught a touchdown in all four. Okay. All right. He's a Georgia wide receiver, so that's why you don't uh, immediately recognize him. But he's, gotcha. he's, he's had some success. Yeah, give me the tight end from Texas. Um, now, Worthy's really good. I think he's – but you know how I feel about receiver. If your offensive line is good, your quarterback's going to be good, your running game's going to be good, uh, that means your receivers are going to have big games. Here's the uh, top five. They have Carl uh, Carl's Jr. at number one, Caleb Williams. Yeah. Drake May at North Carolina comes in at number two. Yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, wide receiver three. Okay, uh, Brock Bowers at Georgia, the tight end is at four, and then Jared Verse, the edge at Florida State's five. Huh. Well, uh, I don't think Verse is number. F- uh, I don't know. He's good, but and I, he'll get better. You know, from last year to this year, at least you would you would expect. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't blown away. Uh, I mean, uh, consider the consider the situation that he was going up against. You know, in that bowl game. Yeah. And I, I maybe numbers wise, he had a good game, but yeah, did it look like that was going to be a top ten overall? Which I feel like that's what you're saying. If you're saying he's the fifth best player in college football at edge, that probably means you think he's a first-round pick, and he might get there, but... I think he's a first-round pick. It, or if, top ten, maybe, but If he's I didn't a number five player in college football and he's on the defensive line, it probably means he's a uh, like a top three pick. Yeah. Top two. Uh, Brazilian suitor Urban Meyer must work for on three. Seriously. <laughs> Ohio suitor Quinn Ewers in the top 100. He must have been at least all Big 12. 
and not any other quarterback in the league. Yeah, there's Who not was a- it that put out their top quarterbacks list the other day? And it was a top ten list. And it, it's – It may oh have been gosh. on three that had – no, it was no. CBS that had Ewers at number three, I think. Yeah, but I don't think it was their list. I think they were just putting up someone else's list. Well, it, it was it, like CBS and twenty four seven are kind of like uh, they're kind of linked. So if if well, it wasn't CBS, it was like a twenty four seven list. Is what the it was. one I saw there was a there was a guy's name on it. Um, I can't remember who the guy was. Anyways, are but, you talking about the list we read last week that had Quinn Ewers as the number three quarterback entering maybe. college football this year? I think so. But anyways, I. There, I don't know what's going on because the Quinn Ewers I saw last year, and and I know, and I will I will admit that I think he's going to be better, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow, and I think he's got some good skills. But I've never seen someone have a ho-hum year and then – be like projected to be as good in the next year as Quinn Ewers. Like they've got him ahead of uh, Michael Penix Jr., who threw for like 2,200 yards more than Quinn Ewers did last year. And has a better arm, too. Yeah, it's. It's strange. Okay, like, so what, like some, there's got to be something. Well, there. Let, me, let me guess as to what it is, and, and maybe it's a combination of things. We get, we got to hit a break, but let's just throw out this scenario. What if Quinn Ewers was a highly ranked four-star coming out of high school and maybe didn't have the same buzz as he did as the number one overall player coming out in his class? Would the thought around him be the same? Like, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is being the number one overall player in his class or being a five-star quarterback, having the perfect score, is that still really you know, influencing what people think about him, even though there's not much of a track record that's been there so far? Yeah. Uh, yes, to a degree. And in that vein, I'll tell you what, you know what I really think is like a big piece of it? That Arch Manning didn't beat him out. Yeah. No, I, I, no that's, that's totally it as well. Is that Arch didn't look great in the spring game and he struggled behind a third string offensive line. It doesn't make sense. We're not saying it's right, but yet that's a massive contributing factor as well. It's like yeah. in order in order to save face, to make it look like Arch Manning's not horrible, and I'm not saying that he is horrible. Like they have to talk up like how great Quinn Ewers was in order to hang on to that job, and you know I that's really the only thing I see. Like there's some good skills there, but the third best quarterback. I, mean, I don't know, man. That's wild. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out, Jimmy Austin today. Keep hitting the text line six five one three four. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, you just never know what you're going to get on the text line. Uh, We have stuff on here now from a listing of a house in Oklahoma City that's $219,000. Three bed, two and a half bath. (laughs) Someone randomly sent us a a link to this house. I I don't know the the reason for that. 
We have every, everything from that to if Teddy started growing out his hair now, could he catch up to Aaron Rodgers by kickoff? Uh, no. If I grew my hair out, I would end up looking like Big Earn off of uh, Kingpin. Doesn't grow evenly in all places? That's correct. Like Joe Dirt's facial hair? Yes, exactly like that. I guess I could sew a mullet uh, onto my head like Joe Dirt did. Isn't that what he did? Uh, and it grew in? Yeah, well, his brains were, like, growing out of his head, right? And right. What, what did Xander Kelly say? So it was growing out all white trashy, like or something, <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, he, I think he sewed it on. I think that's what's happened there. Yeah. Um, text line, why has Stutzman gotten no love at all? The dude led the Big 12 in tackles. The experts really think OU is going to stink next year. No top 100 mm-hmm. players. Bowman and Stutzman should be there for sure. Well, tackles are not always an indicator of what what level of player you are. Um, And I'm not suggesting that his his tackle number is is not suggesting that. But you don't get – it doesn't matter if you lead the conference in tackles. If – you're on statistically the worst defense in in the conference, and where did they end up ranked nationally? It was really bad. Two hundred uh, and no, yeah. it felt like two hundred and something. You're not going to get any love for that. That's just the nature of it. Now, if you happen to be on a really good defense, it, you're going to get way more credit, and which you know stands to reason. You know, there's there's only so so much you can do as an individual player to make it on a, like some of the top players list if your team's just not any good. I mean, sometimes yeah, you can see through it, and the talent is there, obviously, but you know, typically you've got to have some team success in order to be recognized. Two more, real quick, on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. My Zane is the king of the dad jokes on here, which I love. Yeah. My funeral parlor friend goes by Big Earn. You are in. Get it? Nice. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Teddy should get That's a it. toupee and act serious about it. I agree. He needs to go bill self and get a toupee. No it, way. You you're uh, you would look. Uh, I I just can't envision you with with hair. Like it, it, Brian Urlacher was weird once he got that uh, that surgery. I guess it was a yeah. surgery to have hair. I couldn't even envision. I don't even know what co- what color would your hair be. I don't know. I mean, brown. Maybe, maybe be blonde after all these years. Who knows? Maybe gray. It's sweet. Uh, there's no way I would do that. Get the boss it, haircut. That's what you should do. It it fit, does not fit my lifestyle. I'm looking for less. I'm not looking for more. Okay, I'm not looking for more hassle. I want less decisions, less time spent doing things. That's why my current hairstyle fits me perfectly. <laughs> Doesn't have to mess with it. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's fine. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for anything. Hey, by the way, before AI, artificial intelligence destroys us and destroys the rest of the world and takes things over, you know, yeah. I'm, at use, I'm at least trying to use it for entertainment before that happens in about three years. I asked uh, Chat GPT today. Who are the 10 best players in OU football history? They came up with this list. Would you like me to start at 1 or start at 10? Um, 
Let's start at one. Let me see if I can guess. Okay. Oh, man. Known for a blazer. That's your first guess at number one. Billy Sims. Yeah, that's right. Boom. Uh, number two, Heisman Trophy winner. Bradford. Steve Owens is at number two. Oh, okay. Number three, God bless blank. That gives you a hint. Uh, Leroy Selman. Four. Um, people call him by the wrong nickname all the time, and it's really annoying, and OU fans get PO'd every time they hear it. Adrian Peterson. Five um, Heisman Trophy winner. You already guessed him. Sam Bradford. Six. I just told you to get his haircut. Uh, Brian Bosworth. Seven. Maybe the most underrated player in OU football history. Nine yards a carry back in uh, the early 70s. Um... Hmm. Why am I drawing a blank here? I don't know. I can't believe you are drawing a blank. Uh, pass. I'll come back to that one. I've got a blank spot there. Number, What's the next one? Number eight used to wear really cool Jinko jeans back in college. Ah, Jason White. Yeah. Nine uh, destroyed a quarterback on his first ever collegiate play. Tommy Harris. Number ten has a rule named after him in the NFL. Roy Williams. Yep, nice job. Outside of missing uh, number seven. Nine yards of carry in the early 70s. I know. Why am I drawing a blank I don't know. On this? It's easy when I he put was it in that the, way. He was in the backfield with uh, Mildred and, um, oh, my gosh, tell me. Final answer is Greg Pruitt is at number oh. seven. What is wrong with him? I don't know. <laughs> All-American and. Chat GPT knows more than you about OU football yeah. history. God, what do you think of that list? Um, I like it's it's, it's got not, some. It's not bad. I, I I don't know why so many people like Leroy Selman's number one. Okay, I'll start there. But all Billy Sims did was win a Heisman, and I feel like people saw him at one today and they said, "Oh, oh that's ridiculous." I, I yeah, don't, I don't, like Billy Sims is pretty good. Billy Sims is really good. I like the. Um, I like that it's got some bias towards the older players. I do, too. Typically on something like that, like if we were to poll, um, you know, the listeners or whoever, like it's usually recency bias because everything is better now than it was previously, and you get a lot, of, a lot of big names that are left off. Now, they came up with this ranking. They say these players were chosen based on their individual accomplishments and contributions to the OU football program. Each of these players had a significant impact during their time at OU and helped lead the team to success. What a corny line there at the end. That is take, corny. They're not going to take over the world with that corny with those corny lines. Um, maybe, maybe they will still. I don't you know. know what's interesting, though? I think everyone uh, – no, no, I was going to say, I think everyone on that list I play, at least played in a national championship game. Um, let me but see. Here. I don't think. Well, a little bit different with how the bowls used to be, but I, I, I mean, Billy Sims was on the '75 team, right? Um, Steve Owens technically no. never did. That's was that I was saying that yeah. it's a no on that one. Selman was '74 and '75. Eighty yeah. did his freshman year. Sam Bradford did. Boz, yes. Uh, Pru- I'm not sure Pruitt. No, that was the other one. Seventy to seventy-two. I don't think that he. Right. I mean. That OU Nebraska game was essentially a national championship game, but 
so you only got two guys on the list. Roy Am did. I Tom, no, Roy did. Tommy did, and Jason White did. Yeah, just two. I think that's uh, maybe an important factor there. I don't know, but it's an it's interesting. Not the probably not the list I would have come up with, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Sark's vodka. Sark's vodka says Dad would say Billy is one of the best had he not fumbled against Nebraska and lost our, our shot to the title that we would have won handily in 78 is what they're talking hey, about. Hey, it's a team game. Don't you put that on Billy Sims alone. I agree. Come on. Still, they should have won the title in 78. I was talking to Thomas Lott a few weeks ago. Yeah. And um, he, he laid it out. I was like, who won the title in 78? Because we were randomly talking about that year. USC had one loss, and they got blasted by, it's like Arizona, someone in the Pac-12 that year, or Pac-10, I guess, at that time that was average. And um, Alabama lost to USC at home. So Alabama lost a game at home that year. USC got blasted by an average team in their conference. Mm-hmm. However, they split for the title. OU lost. OU's only lost that year was on the road against a good Nebraska team going in to win the game, and they're, like, inside the 10-yard line, right? Yeah. And then they get a chance to play that team again the very next game on a neutral site, and they essentially blow them out, even though the score wasn't necessarily indicative of how, how much OU dominated. Like, OU should have at least split that title in 1978. It makes no sense. I understand that they picked a wrong week to lose, but I feel like yeah, OU has a pretty good claim to a split that year at least. Because back then, didn't they – they picked the national champion before the bowl games, right? Uh, I don't how know. That worked? I don't know if they did that back in '78, but regardless, um, I, I might just start claiming a split for '78. Let's hang a banner. Yeah, might as well. Hell, if Oklahoma State can ba- hang a banner for 1945, we can damn sure hang a banner for 1978. Let's do it. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out Jimmy Austin today. Ooh, the sun's peeking out. Course is looking amazing out there. Come and see him out here. Great membership rates going on right now. And if you haven't seen the upgrades they've done around here, you're going to be shocked. It looks fantastic. All right, we'll be back. Stay tuned. This. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? A WIG communication is a priority. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's West Yalagosny Law. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Store number one is. How about this? An 18-year-old from Wisconsin, Tyler, has been arrested. Apparently, he hacked 60,000 accounts on DraftKings. Nice. Uh, and started plucking money out of their accounts. I, or Actually, I guess he sold the information to some of the accounts. Anyways... $600,000 ended up being taken from those uh, 60,000 accounts. 18-year-old. Isn't that crazy? And are you worried about your DraftKings account? Yeah, yeah I have $30 in there, Teddy. I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that. So I'm very worried about it. Should we, we be worried about AI or 18-year-olds hacking into everything and destroying it all? What's, well, our, what's our main concern? It was probably an 18-year-old using AI. That's probably what it was. And, yes, we should be concerned, um, without a doubt. Uh, The only other one I've got, which I I was fascinated by this, Nick Saban has been spotted in Italy. 
And apparently, people were wondering where he was because he didn't play in a charity golf tournament that he always plays in. And I guess it turns out he's on vacation. He's going to be gone for two weeks. And this is the first real vacation outside of going to his lake house that people know that he's been on since at least 2006. Jeez. I don't think he's on vacation. I think he's looking for another transfer portal quarterback over there in Italy. And he's probably going to find someone that wins the Heisman next year. Kicker, maybe. Is that where you um, would pick, though? I mean, if it's been that long since you've been on vacation somewhere outside your own lake house, is Italy the move? Or are you surprised he's not going on a five-day bender in Vegas? No, I'm not surprised. Tyler, you know this. You don't get to pick where you go on vacation. Oh, Miss Terry, that's a good point. Miss Terry, Miss Terry wanted to go to Italy. Fair point. Yeah, uh, I love that. That's yeah, I, I just think that's fascinating, and I, I think people will probably say it's a sign that he's not as engaged. I think it's the opposite. I think it's probably his wife forcing him. Because it's killing him inside that Georgia has done what they've done. And he's probably been grinding like crazy. She's probably forced him to step away for a little bit and regroup. Probably. Maybe a good thing for him. Uh, We'll see. Uh, Okay, so this is an interesting note on Kelvin Sampson. I found this today. So Houston offered him a new contract a month ago to make him one of the top 15 highest paid coaches. But he hasn't signed it yet. And apparently, Kelvin has interviewed for the Bucks opening. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks would owe Houston a $13 million buyout if they hired him. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to up his salary, one of the top 15 highest paid head coaches. He hasn't signed it yet. I don't know if he's looking for another bump on that, if he's looking for the Bucks job. But what happens with Kelvin here the next few weeks will be rather interesting. Are you shocked that they're just making him a top 15 paid coach? At Houston, mm, no, I, I, I guess not at, at, a, at a program like Houston. Though they seem like they're a basketball school more than anything right now. Yeah, and they're about to start getting more money than they've had by a huge margin by joining the Big 12. I'm shocked by that. You thought top 10? Oh, well, come on. Well, who are the, the no-doubters? You got uh, 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 Bill Self there. You got right. – Coach Cal, of course, Tom Izzo. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe for I mean, He's been in. more consistent than Coach Cal has lately. There is no doubt about that. There is zero doubt about that. Uh, they've been – Well, maybe they've... maybe they want Kellen to be the next head coach, so they're low-balling low, uh, low him a little bit. Well, maybe that's yeah, what they well, want. That's about to happen, yeah. Make, top – that's – I don't blame him for snooping around a little bit. Everyone, Pay the man. Come on. Uh, everyone's coming after ESPN after all those layoffs at ESPN and Disney a few weeks ago saying, oh, it's unethical to pay Pat McAfee all that money to join ESPN when you laid off that many people. Now there, there's some people coming after ESPN a little bit because they flew Brian Windhorst all the way to Paris to apparently conduct a 70-second intervie- interview with uh, Victor Wimbignana on draft night. Sit Brian Windhorse yeah. all the way to Paris for a 70-second uh, interview. 
I don't know. He, the number one overall pick to to be there and interview him in person. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I mean, that's a. Can you hammer that and say let's cut some cost? Yeah, but that's really a drop in the bucket. And I, the Pat McAfee thing. Well, they just don't understand. Pat McAfee brings a massive audience with him. If they really want to hammer ESPN, they need to hammer them over people like Max Kellerman. And I mean, there's a ton of people on ESPN that you can go after. Who are probably McAfee. making just as about as much uh, as yeah. Pat McAfee and don't bring, I mean, even a quarter of the audience, 10% of Pat the audience. Pat McAfee brings a huge audience. Now, his audience is going to be pissed that he's going to ESPN, you know, whenever they've been watching on YouTube. Uh, I don't know. I like, think the show is—is is the show still on YouTube? Maybe, but yeah. just under ESPN's. I'm, I don't know. It, it is, but it's—it's it's going to be. He—he he said that it's going to be the same show, just less cussing. Well, well, that's like eighty percent of their show is cussing, right? It's—they've—they've <laughs> already taken uh, some of your creative yeah. control, and you know, it's—it's just—it's going to be a matter of time before it's just well, you know, we don't know about this guy and. I don't know about this bit that you guys do and just going to slowly chip away at it. And the reason, one of the reasons that people like him is that he's not like people have a problem now um, across a bunch of different, it's, it's not just sports. It's everywhere. People are uh, pushing away from the mainstream stuff that, that have always controlled the market. They like alternate opinions. Yeah. Uh, I got to get out of here. I am going to host Trivia Nights, Sooners, Suds, and Grub for the uh, Norman Chamber of Commerce. So mm. I guess I'll talk to you in like a week and a half. Have fun in Mexico or Branson or Vegas or Ohio or wherever you're going next week. Hope you All hope of you the above. Maybe. I, All I, dude, of the above. at least go somewhere. Yeah. And don't be lame like last time and say, oh, we just didn't even do anything. We couldn't figure well, it out. Well, we just hung around the house yeah, and had to catch up on some Bermuda. Somewhere. God. Yeah. We'll do something. And I'll, I'll keep you informed, okay? I'll keep you informed. Uh, do you do you guys want my trivia questions that I'm asking tonight after 530 when they're being asked? Yeah. Would you like those? All right. I might what, Now, what is it? Sports trivia? OU, OU, OU sports is what they are. Oh. <laughs> you got to hit it the final segment, though, so people aren't cheating or anything. I will dominate yeah. that. Well, I hope there's not a Greg Pruitt question because you'll sure miss that one like you did earlier. Good point. All right. Have fun. Uh, quick timeout here. More from the rush coming up. Connor's going to join me next. Hanging out Jimmy Austin today. Keep hitting the Knippelmeyer text line. 651-3439. We'll be back. Rush is back. Teddy Lehman here. Connor back in studio taking over for Tyler. I'm hanging out up here at Jimmy Austin. Uh, course is in immaculate shape. Just had the regional out here. Oklahoma advancing on, which is awesome and expected these days. What's going on, man? How you been doing, Connor? What's up, Teddy? Doing good, man. I heard you guys talk about pretty much everything. You got Bob Stoops on, talk some softball. I know Tyler put out that chat GBT, the list of the top ten uh, players all time at OU. So you guys had some good combos I got to listen to before hopping on with you here. Any beef with the artificial intelligence? 
I think there is. I saw a lot of Baker Mayfield. Why is he not in the top ten in the text line? Yeah. Uh, he was a stud. This dude's old um, school, this chat GPT. No kidding. No kidding. Going back pre-internet days and drawing on some uh, yeah, some guys, which is uh, which is interesting. You know, it's I wonder really where folks think Baker Mayfield would fall if you did a, a everyone had to put out an absolute top ten players, um, any era. You know, any position, where do you think you'd end up falling, honestly? I don't know about the textures, but I would probably say two or three. I'm not really? putting him ahead of Billy Sims, my one. Hmm. Do you think they would put him that far up? I, I think they'd put him really high. Uh, I think there's – and I'm not saying he's not deserving, but there's always recency bias. Um, I I think – I think Baker Mayfield is a far more uh, – he's the most entertaining player. He was obviously great, but he was a showman. But I, I think Kyler was better, like right. talent-wise and all the things that he could do. I think Kyler was actually better, but uh, it's not nearly as entertaining whenever a player can make the, the unbelievable look totally normal, which Kyler could. Baker made everything, had, had you hanging on the edge of your seat for every single moment. It's just different. You know, it was incredibly entertaining. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up next, 651-3439. Hit us on the text line. Who's the top ten? Who's your top one best players of all time?